Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're going to start out looking at the happenings of the livestock. And I don't want to use the word lackadaisy, but we're getting when it comes to this market and the cash. We haven't seen a lot. So are we kind of lying low a little bit, not fully watching what happens in this market trade? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to take a look at the fact that the feeder index has had a history of putting a top in the beginning of October. So here we're sitting October 6th. Is that top coming close? That and a lot more that we're going to look at as we bring Kyle Bumstead into the conversation. He is with Allendale Incorporated. And and let's start there. You and I were just talking before we, we started the Fontenelle final mm-hmm. bell and you use kind of the trade. The trade is kind of boring right now. The cattle is stuck in this range. Are we, because we haven't seen any cash talk and it just seems to be the trend lately, are we kind of maybe not fully paying attention to what's happening in this cash market? Well, that's possible. Thanks for having me back, Susan. But that is that is possible here. You know, we're looking at this feeder cattle market. We're right here in the middle of the fall run, basically, is is what guys like to call it here. We're in the fall run, you know, and, and the calves are getting weaned. And, you know, we're, we're bringing them back. We're putting them in, place them in yards, grow the yards, and getting them, you know, getting them healthy so we can get them started out here. But today was really a little concerning here. Like, take these November feeders, for instance, we took out and uh, we, we took out the September lows here. Uh, in this contract <clears throat> and then uh, you know immediately we took them out we were 80 90 cents almost a dollar off our lows here shortly after so we did find a little bit of support but uh, we've been pretty well range bound in this uh, future contract here from the uh, you know basically the September lows here of, of uh, 137.90 to the highs we had here of 144 and a half 144.55 uh, we closed uh, right here at this 137 and a half area so it is kind of at a critical point here um, as to where we go here at this direction at this juncture now your daily charts are getting kind of oversold down here and uh, your weekly charts uh, we're just kind of sitting here you know basically sideways we're getting down here towards the bottom end of the range so I would look for a little bit of uh, technical support to come rolling in here uh, at any point in time but uh, when we talk about the feeder cattle index, uh, I was looking at that this morning with some producers and some feed yards. Uh, we do typically tend to put the high in the in the feeder cattle index this time of year. It, it's been known to happen quite a few times here the first uh, 10 to 15 days of October, and rightfully so. This is when you have the demand for the cattle coming in and, and uh, getting placed in the yards. People want the cattle. They want them now, and and. Uh, you know, that's when we typically see them bid up for cattle right now this time of year. So having said that, Kyle, we got guys that are, are taking, you know, calves are coming off of grass or they're being weaned. Mm-hmm. Is it better to keep them on the place, feed them and wait till the first of the year to do some sort of action with these calves? Well, I guess I would say to that, um, you know, there's there's a lot of corporate yards that don't want to mess with balling calves right now. So maybe digging your uh, overshoes out, grabbing your five-gallon buckets and a pitchfork, maybe throwing those calves in the yard and, and straightening them out and getting the ball out of them, cleaning them up, vaccinating them, getting them preconditioned. You know, that that could add some that could add some value to it down the road because there's a lot of big yards that don't want to be weaning calves right now. I know I sure really don't. I, I sure don't want to be weaning calves right now. It's dry and it's hot and it's just not – the conditions aren't right, but – you know, if if a person has the ability to do so, it may it may pay. And and uh, this would be the situation where I would say go talk to your local market, your local outlets, and see you know what they're looking for, what the markets are doing locally as far as on the cash side. What is our value added cattle bringing more, or, or our ball and calves bringing more? You know what what's going to be the best. And you know, like we said last time, maybe control what you can control. Maybe we go talk to our uh, talk to our advisors and see you know 
can I take the income this year? Do I have to work on it next year? How, how do I need to work that? So, you know, it's all about your bottom line and what you can do here as far as those cattle are concerned, as, as far as your operations concerned. And it's time to put kind of paper to pencil at this point. That's right. That's right. And pen and uh, pen to paper, like you said, and, and grab the calculator because with the price of corn uh, inching up here a little bit, that does have an effect on how those gains are going to come out in the long run. Wholesale box beef prices, we saw them go down just a little bit on the day. Is that going to be a trend for the rest of the week? That's that's possible. We're kind of into that lull time. We're kind of in a lull here on this box beef. I do think that we've put the low in, but uh, you know, I think we're going to chop sideways here as far as that box beef goes. We haven't seen anything as far as uh, cash cattle bids at all this week, and uh, you know, with box beef kind of drifting down here, that's you know potentially eating into those packer margins that uh, they like to keep up there. You know, we're dropping down. I think twenty five to twenty six dollars on that on that uh, you know cushion or whatever there. So you know, there's a possibility they could try to peel cash back a little bit this week. I think cash could come in steady to a little bit higher this week uh just the way that the uh, octobers are supported here we did see some deliveries against the board last night which some say it's bullish some say it's bearish with deliveries against the board take it for what it's worth you know i i, I think that uh cash could come in at least steady this week we, we do have a show list it was down 20 some thousand head this this week so you know are we into that uh are we into that you know quote unquote hole of cattle or are we into that uh into that uh time frame here where the wall of cattle is getting pushed back I don't know. I, I think that uh, with the cattle and feed reports that we've had here that are seemingly supposed to be bearish, that could be the best thing for it is just try to keep this cash supported up front to keep these cattle, you know, coming to market. Keep this thing, keep them pulling these cattle deep here. If we can get premium for them up here in the cash, let's keep moving them instead of pushing them back. The COVID cases are picking up all across the country. Is that going to make livestock nervous or is it going to be, we've been there, done that, we're prepared now? That's a good question, and we seem to keep reverting back to the to the COVID here, and that that is still something that that is uh, all in all in the front of our minds here with our president getting it here this week. Uh, restaurants are on the there are some more restaurants on the verge of closing, but uh, when you look at it in the supermarket, if people are staying back home and they're they are are back to staying home and are eating at home again. Uh, there are some prime cuts of beef out there that are at the supermarket. So, you know, beef does have a, beef does have a little bit of an advantage because I think that people will, will pick that, uh, prime steak over chicken or other meats, uh, you know, any day of the week, especially when they get offered prime at the local supermarket. So you do bring up the point though with the virus and shutting things down again, that is going to take away another demand sector with that, with, uh, the restaurant and retail business. All right, we'll stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to continue our conversation with Kyle looking at the grain side of the action. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Kyle Bunstead with Alan Dale. And we do know a WASDE report comes out on Friday, but taking a different spin on WASDE, how's it affecting the livestock trade? Well, typically... What you see is is everybody's looking, uh, especially on this re- report. Of course, um, we're looking as far as you know what is our corn carry out, bean carry out. Are they going to just yield? Uh, what are they doing as far as the grain stuff? But looking in the back of that report, they always have uh, on the monthly reports. Uh, they have 
you know, some livestock forecasts and some livestock numbers here as far as forecasting for tonnage and, and potentially, you know, they might change some prices out there. So I'm always glued to the back of that report to see if they've changed anything. And what I'll be looking for is if they do, if they're changing any production numbers for like the Feb, April, and June live cattle as far as, you know, the end of quarter two into the first start of quarter, into the start of quarter three, see if there's any changes as far as production in both the uh, live cattle and the lean hog complex to see what we've got maybe, what the, what the government has uh, projected uh, coming at us as far as production. What are some key technical points that we need to look at in corn and soybeans at this point, Kyle? You know, looking at the corn and soybeans, uh, I was talking with uh, some coworkers here this morning, and, and we're sitting here looking at this bean complex, and we've made all these sales, and with the action that we've seen here, are these managed money funds, are they record-long beans? I think there's a big possibility they could be. Who's the next buyer going to be coming in here to support this bean complex? That's the question I have. You know, just trying to come back in off holiday and just ramp this thing up, it's possible. But uh, beans went and made a new high for the move. They took out that old 1046 and three-quarter high that we would made here uh, not too long ago. And, and we ended up settling the day below that. Now, uh, I would like to see us would have liked to seen us close above that 1046 and three quarters uh, mark uh, in order to keep this thing, you know, potentially on a little bit more solid footing. I'm not saying we're on shaky ground, but, uh, you know, a technical point that I would like to see as us close above, uh, would have been close above that 1046 and three quarters today, but now I'd like to see us close above 1053 and three quarters here, uh, especially since that's our new high for the week. Corn, kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, we went out, took out that 386 and three quarter high we had from back in March, closed the day at 385. I would like to see us close, uh, you know, 387 or better would have been ideal. A close above that 386 and three quarter could potentially project us up towards a four, you know, or a price with a four in front of it on December corn. So, uh, most of the, you know, overnight trade here got excited. The wheat market took off here a little bit on some drier forecasts over in Russia and Ukraine, as well as the drier forecast here in the United States. And, you know, it seems like this wheat market, we get this thing, we, we get this every fall, you know, it's dry and it's hot, and it is hot and dry. I will not discount that, but most uh, most guys are planting in the dust right now, and, and it seems like we do tend to raise a crop. So there's another one there. The funds are getting uh, funds are getting some length in some of these other outside wheat complexes like Kansas City wheat, which normally doesn't happen a lot. So what's the next buying spree, or who's the next big buyer to come in here and keep those complexes supported? So who is going to be the next big bean buyer? I mean, we've seen China and unknown a lot lately. That's a good question. I'd like to know who they who they are because <laughs> I'd like to meet them. <laughs> so as you look at them and and the pressure that we've seen and the exports with China and the continuous of unknown, Mexico's popped in a few times, but it just seems like it is China and unknown. Haven't seen a lot of other countries looking to make purchases of U.S. product. That's right. Um, we've seen Mexico uh, and, and primarily China and, and unknown. So uh, every once in a while, you'll see some other countries in here like Guatemala. They've been in and, and uh, you know, some of the other countries have been in bought bean meal and bean oil and things like that. So, you know, always always looking on the weekly export reports on Thursday to see who's actually in here buying because a lot of the focus is on China buying. But as you as you've well known and as you've listened to me talk, I like to see Mexico towards the top of that list as well, because they're right next door and we can get everything we need to to them, you know, in a minimum amount of time we don't have to ship it you know don't have to take it to a port don't have to take it to the golf we can just put it on a rail right here in nebraska or iowa or in the midwest and just ship it right on down there via rail and it can be there very soon so you know another another key thing that some of the trade is watching are these storms that are hitting the gulf here you know we've made these these sales these commitments 
can we ship them? That's the question. You know, we, we don't want any damage to our infrastructure down there, and, and there is some talk of some weather hitting the PNW as well. So, you know, maybe the trade's going to be watching that too. You know, if we get some inclement weather, that could if it does damage some of our infrastructure, that might be a big thing as well. All right. Finally, we know that the Real has had some lower uh, price ranges. Is that going to have it take a toll on in our export opportunities when we compare it to the dollar? It's possible. I mean, we're always playing that currency, uh, you know, back and forth and, you know, with, with Brazil and our dollar and things like that. And, you know, when you look at it, our dollar is a little bit weaker here today. So that could drive them back here towards us. You know, we're watching the Dow down a couple hundred points right now. The S&P, you know, that's, that's down right now. To get a hold of you. 308-708-7340. All right. Thanks so much, Kyle. Bumstead has been joining us with Alan Dell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check this out as a podcast at rollradio.com, wherever you subscribe, and it's on Spotify as well. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.